You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. What? It's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. A beard. A beard, you mean it? vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, folks. We're back, and we are talking about the third chapter in the Flux saga of Doctor Who, and this one, Once Upon a Time. I had to always put the comma there, you know, try to emphasize it. And, you know, when I was first talking about it, it was just like, Once Upon a Time. Oh, it's going to be a fairy tale. Oh, no, this was definitely not a fairy tale by any means. But it was very interesting to see, and I've, you know, finally got to see it because it's just been a busy week, folks. So it was a lot of fun, and I'm going to be looking forward to seeing what everyone has to say and be very interesting to hear what everyone has to talk about it. We have a great crew here to talk about it tonight. Of course, let's welcome our guests first. Of course, Alan Seiler's back to the show. Welcome, sir. Yay! Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's always nice to have you, sir. And Bless of, you. And of course, Mr. Michael Faulkner is back. Well, hello there. It's been a while since I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's been, what, how many days? No. <laughs> 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 it's really good to have you too, sir. And thank you. This is going to be interesting. Uh, we we've been asking our guests before we get started on the rest of the show. What has your been your initial thoughts for this, the first two episodes of the season? This is both open to you and Alan. I I have really actually enjoyed this. I know we've been talking a little bit about it since we've you know we've met up a couple times since the uh, season started, and uh, it, it's a low bar to say you know well I'm glad Chibnall's not screwing it up, <laughs> but uh, I'm actually very pleased. I haven't I haven't had a moment of 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 real disappointment in the last you know the last few episodes here. Um, you haven't been in I, a limbo contest, in other words. Got it. <laughs> right. I, I've actually been very pleased to see kind of almost a return to the classic era with you know a six part story. It's ending on cliffhangers. You really don't have you have a flavor of what's going on, but you don't have the full story yet. You know, and it's just it's just building and building and building. And I'm I'm really enjoying the ride so far. What I'm really hoping, of course, is that we don't get let down in, in the next few episodes. But we'll, we'll time will tell. Okay, Alan, what about you? Mm, I've been a bit more lukewarm on it than that. Okay, that's okay. Just, I've been seeing your reviews online, so. <laughs> so we do. Have I? I haven't really said much. Well, that's the, that's the point. You haven't said well, much. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, so I, I enjoyed the Santoran episode more than the first one. The first one I thought was just complete chaos mm-hmm. and just, you know, like storyline and characters out of nowhere. And all of a sudden you have Santoran's attacking something and you don't know what it is and it was just crazy the second episode i enjoyed a lot more okay that's and cool then, yeah all right well i'm gonna be very interested to hear both your opinions <laughs> a little bit god this could be a fun one folks oh so, boy hold on or it's going to be a very bumpy ride <laughs> so it should be a lot of fun we also have our regulars here of course let's of course welcome the lovely and talented mary ogle Hi, everybody. It is fantastic to be here. You doing okay this week, Mary? I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. I am so happy to hear that. And, of course, Mr. Michael Gordon. Howdy. How are you, Mike? 
Hey, Chikin. Good. It's good to have you. It's been a whole 24 hours since I've seen you, you know? <laughs> I know. Since, uh, <laughs> since the three of us have, uh, yeah. have, uh, done a podcast so oh, yeah for those who don't know we actually recorded the earth station one holiday gift guide uh which is our annual tradition and you know i'm still pricing out oculus riffs right now as we speak <laughs> you know, it's like oh come on i finally i made the mistake of actually going online and looking what games they had for it that was a huge mistake Huge, huge mistake. So, you know, you trickies out there, you get to go on the bridge of the Enterprise. It is frippin' awesome. So, I'm looking forward to seeing where this one goes. Judy's like, oh, God, I know what our holiday gift is now. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I can't say that quite yet. So, we'll see. But we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us, feedback at earthstationwho.com. Definitely would love to hear what you guys Thoughts on the season so far, and what about this episode, Once Upon a Time? It's going to be very interesting to hear what you guys thought about it. We do actually have a little bit of sad Doctor Who news to talk about. Uh, we lost another you know, alumni of Doctor Who. Uh, we've lost, actually, writer Bob Baker to, you know, sadly enough, at the age of 82. A lot of people know him, of course, as the creator, one of the creators of K-9 and other, you know, older Doctor Who stuff like Omega and uh, the Doctor Who crossover, the three Doctors. But you also, he, a lot of folks, you know, knew him as a writer for Wallace and Gromit. So, you know, he was very steeped in British culture. And it's really, really sad to hear about his passing. You know, people tend to think of him as one of the Pertwee writers because of the three Doctors and things like that. But he wrote more of his stuff during Tom Baker uh, Sontaran Experiment is uh, one of the Tom's first season. Hand of Fear, Sarah Jane's uh, final episode, um, and a few other ones, including Invisible Enemy, um, which introduced K Nine. Um, he, from what I, if I remember this rightly, he was the last living writer from the Pertwee era. Yes, hmm. isn't that insane? So now, you know, no more. The whole, like everyone who contributed an episode to the Pertwee era is gone. It's it's really crazy. That is so sad. Because yeah, because yeah. it was a huge blow when we lost Terrence, and now oh god, yeah. And then you know now with uh, Bob, and it's just it's amazing. You know, I don't know. Does it go without saying that we've already that we've already lost all of the contributors to the first two Doctors? Oh, long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, you would assume so, right, at this point. You have a couple uh, of the actors still from the first. Yeah, that's why it's not unheard of to, to think that maybe there'd be somebody still around. But I, I don't know that for sure. I'm just sort of asking. But, um, but yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah. Yes. But especially given uh, Mr. Baker's you know, legacy with K-9. I mean, yeah. he, K-9 is so well known, you know, as, as an icon of the show from both classic and new who, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, it is, it is a sad time to see him gone. And he wrote a couple of episodes in the K-9 reboot series from well, when was that? Aus- 2010? Yeah, the Australian. Yeah, around 2010. Yes. So, you know, he was still very active. Um, mm-hmm. And even up through, uh, he wrote six episodes of the last Wallace and Gromit series, World of Invention, which was also 2010. So he stayed active for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It is good. Yeah, and I think he was also one of those, uh, um, uh, let's call them old school or classic Doctor Who uh, writers or contributors that were pretty vocal about uh, the revival and being like sort of told or at least informed that uh the writers from the original uh, classic series were not were not welcome uh with new who uh, i think that changed but uh obviously it changed because he participated in the canine series but um but i don't know if uh was russell t over there that was something produced differently right yeah uh right yeah, yeah right yeah, that was yeah. a separate production no because yeah, so because yeah, the new canine series was all done in australia Mm-hmm. And so I don't think, you know, I don't think, you know, Russell or, you know, any Bad Wolf Productions had anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, but it was interesting. I love that his autobiography that he wrote in 2013 was K-9 Stole My Trousers. 
<laughs> sort, of a, sort of a mix of both, uh, right? Exactly. Which is awesome. And, of course, it's cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was. it's sad and, you know, rest in peace, sir. You will yeah. be missed and such mm-hmm. a talent. Alan, do you know if he was um, uh, into, like, Doctor Who fandom? Did he do a lot of appearances? Did he go to a lot of conventions or... I don't know, actually. If he was that I'm accessible? I, I don't know. I've not heard of any ones that he did, um, you know, unless he, you know, they have like some events over in England that are basically signing, like autographing mm-hmm. kind of things that aren't convention type of things. And he may have gone to Gallifrey One at some point. I'm not sure. I, I, I've, it's not something I've ever heard of. I do know that um, uh, he participated in a lot of like some of the bonus features on DVDs, commentaries for Doctor yeah. Who stuff. That uh, yeah, some of the ones that he wrote and everything. So, so it's not like he turned a, an eye to it, a blind eye to it, or whatever. But um, I just didn't know because I know some people are into the con scene and some aren't. So right, yeah, true. I don't know. It's a good question. I was actually thinking of it too, because I was thinking that's somebody that I never did have contact with about who Lanta about the possibly being a guest because we had a lot of doctor who guests, but there was a lot more people that I talked to that never ended up being able to come Mm. for whatever reasons. And he was one that I never had contact with. Mm. Mm. Well, interesting. Yeah. I'm looking right now on uh, Wikipedia. Uh, Bob Baker actually was at Gallifrey 21. Oh, okay. So fairly recent. I thought he had done well. Yeah, ten, yeah. So twenty ten years ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. For you know, for that, for yeah. Doctor Who, that's fairly recent. So, <laughs> so yeah, cool. So yeah, it's it's awesome to see that he actually did participate in fandom and such. So, and yeah, so it's very cool, and yeah. I sometime we're gonna to have to have you on the show, Alan, to tell tell us, you know, what it was like trying to get book guests and put on a Doctor Who con. Okay, that would be awesome. that would be fun. Let's do that. Yeah, I think we'll we will after the season's over. I have got some stories. Oh, <laughs> one can only imagine. <laughs> I wonder if apple pie is going to be need to be involved in that one. So, very cool. Well. Rest in peace, Bob Baker. So, you know, you brought a lot of joy to a lot of people, and you will be missed. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with the review of the new episode of Doctor Who. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. Join us weekly as we journey into DC's infinite frontier. We discuss DC news, comics, television shows, movies, and more. Earth Station DCU is part of the ESO Network. Check us out where fine podcasts are found. On my command. What do you want? To reign in hell. I will not let them die. We've come to reclaim what you took. They shall not have this! Welcome back. Now we are talking about Chapter 3 of Doctor Who Flux. We are talking about Once Upon a Time. This one, actually, it was written by Chris Chibnall and produced by Pete Levy and executive produced Chris Chibnall and Matt Stevens and Nikki Watson. So very interesting story that left me when I was first watching it for the first half, I was like going, what the hell's going on? And then for the second half, um, I was like, Oh, this is good. This is, I, I had fun with it. And some of my predictions that I had been saying, I, you know, there was a couple was like, I was right. I was right. <laughs> so, so I was, I'm pretty happy about, you know, some, some of this episode, some of it was just like, it's okay. But just filler. yeah, exactly. Parts of it were just filler. Oh, very much so. Let's dive in with both feet. Uh, initial thoughts, 
Alan, you've been kind of quiet already, so <laughs> let's hear your initial thoughts. All right, first. all right. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I am incredibly ambivalent about this whole thing. I just, I don't dislike it, but I don't necessarily like it. The, the thing is, I just don't care. Um, yeah, I don't really care how what the resolution of this whole thing is going to be, and I don't care how we're going to get to it. It's just. I, I honestly think that this production schedule that we're on, where we get a new season every two years, has just sort of killed my interest. It's just, I just, I don't know. I should be, after a two-year break, I should be excited about a new Doctor Who season, and I just cannot get into it. And I'm still watching it. I'm still expecting it to, you know, grab my attention at some point and to, you know, really, but th- there's just, I just, I'm having a very hard time getting this, you know, I just, I just cannot get on board with it. It's, I'm just not interested. So I'm sorry, but I hate to be a downer. I totally hate to be negative because here's the thing. I, for the last two seasons, I've really enjoyed, you know, Jody and, and the episodes and there's been a clunker here or there, but for the most part, I've really enjoyed it. And I've sat, and listen to people gripe and gripe and gripe about how horrible it is and about how bad the writing is and blah, blah, blah. And the, so now everybody else seems on board with it. And I'm just like, <laughs> blah. So, She's on the other foot, huh? So, uh, exactly. exactly. I just cannot get in sync with this whole situation. <laughs> well, Interesting. Do you, do you think it's the style of the storytelling or what do you? What do you... I, I don't know. I, maybe. I, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, nothing's really happened that makes me interested. Like, I don't, I don't really care who Vendor is, and you know, I don't, I don't know. It's just so maybe for you, it's the characters you're not getting maybe, into the characters. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Do you miss Ryan and Graham that much? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Well, so, well great. it's understandable. We all miss Graham. Yes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> certainly spice this up a lot. I mean, the show has to has to go on. We know that, but damn, Bradley, we miss you, man. I think part um, of it, I think part of it is style. There, it's so heavy. It's I mean, it started out trying to be like immediately epic. And everything in the world and in the universe is in danger. And there hasn't been any light moments. There hasn't been any humor. There hasn't been any fun. So I think that's what it is. A lot of the critiques I've seen so far from people who who haven't really uh, gelled with it yet to this point have been that there's just there's just so much so fast. Yeah. And and they're lost because there's no coherent, you know through line right now it's just here's a whole lot of data a whole lot of information and all these bad guys and all these universe ending events and the doctor is on the back the back foot has no idea what's going on And, and that's that's fine but the thing is i think the season started with like once you once you start with something that's you know threatening the entire universe where do you go from there you know it just seems like it started so massive that is like there was no buildup, you know, which, you know, so it's just a matter of style preference, I think. Yeah. And, and look, we're, this is the third episode, right? Yeah. So we're at the halfway point. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I allowed uh, certainly um, b- based on the structure of the season, I, I was really excited about the first episode and then the second one. And, and I made a certain allowances because certainly they wouldn't stand on their own as stories. Right. So, um, but my, you know, I can see where in this third episode, the Chibnall cracks are coming in, right. They're, they're, they're like, they're, they're starting to seep in and I'm starting to go, uh, like I'm starting to hesitate a bit. Um, yeah. um, mainly in this episode in particular, uh, because yeah, the first half, as Mike alluded to, the first half is crazy, um, but not necessarily in a good way. It's just sort no. of random. And, and I think that's what, oddly enough, I think that's the effect he was going for. Yeah. Um, and we do get some little character moments in, in, in dispersed there, a little bit of humor, um, and, and some moments there, but they don't, it does, it doesn't end up meaning anything. And, and, 
to your point, Alan, um, you know, we've seen several times now, especially with New Who, like the universe is in trouble. I mean, that's the one thing about, you know, one big difference between New Who and Classic Who. In Classic Who, they were just stories and they, you know, they had implications and ramifications. But it seems like every, you know, every big epic story has to involve like the whole universe as we know it ending or time or space. And to be honest with you, like, you know, as they're talking about time and space and this planet called time and, and swarms, whatever his plan is to pit time against space or whatever. I'm just like, I'm like, this means nothing to me. These are just, <laughs> well, that's because it means just, nothing. Yeah, it you're, doesn't. Just sling, you're just slinging around these you words. You can't compete I, space against time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, this doesn't even make sense to me. And I feel like, I feel like, yeah, they're just creating these things. Like, you know, it's to see the, the awesome special effects of the planets, like it, exploding and everything i get that i mean the flux looks dangerous they've they've established that to me um but as far as what else is going on and the end game for swarm or whatever i just he's the big bad this season and i can't i can't get it i can't i i'm not with him i mean i think the actor's doing a good enough job but i just don't i'm starting to feel like oh okay and um and i'll stop for a second but uh in a second but i'm also like the beginning of this, uh, like before we went in, we were kind of wondering, okay, what's Chibnall going to do? Is he going to, you know, address the timeless child? Is he not? Is he? What's he going to do? Is this going to be a standalone? What? What's going? Now we under. Now we definitely understand he is definitely wrapping up or addressing his timeless child story, <laughs> and now that seems to be the main focus. Instead of now, he's jamming all this stuff in, and there were hints in this that. Uh, uh, this episode where if it's going where it could go, could be really ugly. If I think, if I'm thinking of what you're thinking of, then I agree with you. Like you, yeah. like I think you're referencing a specific thing at the end of the episode. And, yeah, I mean we're doing yeah. spoilers, so I'll, I, you oh, know, I know, but yeah. we, I, know and we I knew we were going to, we and we're going to talk about you know Vinder and uh, uh, Bell. Belt, right? Yeah. Who I think are beautiful characters. I like them. I, I, yeah. I, I'm compelled by their story. I think they're cast well. I think they have charisma. Heck, I would almost even watch a show with them. I just, the implications that are hinted at in this episode, I can't. If they go I there, I am going to be so insanely angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what we're talking about, of course, is that these are the doctor's parents. Right. Yeah, they're, of course. As yet unborn child. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I've heard yeah. that rumor and it's just like, really? Yeah. yeah. That was one of the things that was spoiled for me yesterday. And mm. it was just like, really? I don't yeah. I don't know that that is I mean, I don't as as far as we know right now, it's not confirmed. Oh, right? no, it's, it's not. Just, no, no, it's no. just a theory. No, no, no it's a theory. And, and it is. it's a that's a dangerous theory for Chibnall to hold way. in front of us. Yeah. yeah, there's there's that theory. That's 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 just no. Please don't. And then the one that they they laid the groundwork with this this Osok character who they didn't who didn't name in the show, but it's an old lady who the doctor yeah. appears to who mm-hmm. seems to have all the puzzle pieces and that doesn't say anything. Um, and to me, that felt like a, a a foreshadowing for a giant reset button on the mythology. I was like, do not do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, granted, granted, we're coming up on 60 years of mythology. It's a big, laborious beast. But yeah, yeah. you can work around that. We've Absolutely. done it for 60 years. <laughs> we could just exactly. call her anti-monitor if you really want. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when I first saw her, I thought, oh, the White Guardian or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Would be a little more. Yeah. yeah, My first thought was, you know, that uh, I forget which story it was, but the one where Russell just like inserted this woman, you know, and, you know, you're, you're supposed to think, is she the doctor's mother? Is she whatever? And he's like, and he's like, oh, well, the the viewer can decide for themselves who this character is. And I'm like, that's just crap. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, yeah. we can't decide for ourselves. Well, I, I think I think Chibnall's going to be more forceful on on the uh, the defining those characters. Oh than, yeah, he, that's what he wants. I think. Yeah, I he, think he wants to be the one who resets everything. Unfortunately, and I really hope he doesn't go there. 
yeah. this episode did throw me for a loop at the beginning, though, because it, it presented itself in a totally different theme than how it ended. Because it said, you know, Belle's story at the beginning. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay, this is going to be one of those those episodes where mm-hmm. we see the same events from different points of view, repeated, 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 like a Star Trek or whatever. Yeah, else. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it didn't go there. It, it started out with that, that little, you know, red herring of this is Belle's story. And then it starts doing the entire lost in your own timeline thing. Yeah. And it, so I, I, I geared for something completely different because like, <laughs> I've seen those before. And I was like, okay, we're doing the time loops again. From <laughs> I exactly. don't like these Been shows. Been there, done that, wrote the book. <laughs> yeah. I did like the Doctor's Black Jacket, though. That was yeah. pretty awesome. Is, I is think that was the that, best part about it. Is it just that her coat is reversible? Yeah, um, exactly. No, I, th- I think the costume designers actually said somewhere that it was actually a, di- a completely different jacket. But, but isn't the jacket she's always worn that light gray color on the outside and a dark blue on the inside? Yeah, the, the colors are reversed, but it's a yeah. different it's a different jacket. It's not just like – But I mean it doesn't really – it doesn't yeah. really give you the any of. I mean, it just looks like she's wearing it inside out. Right. Why, if you're going to design a new coat, design yeah, a new design coat. a new coat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like Joe Martin in this, though. I liked seeing yeah. the Fugitive yeah. Doctor. That yeah, was not, that was that a nice was little fun return. When she showed up. Yeah. It, uh, did any of you? Uh, was that a surprise for anyone? Yes, it was a surprise for me. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. But you knew that yeah. she would show up sometime this season. Oh, yeah. Or, or did you yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't sus- expecting I, her there. I, I suspected, but I didn't suspected, know. Suspected, right. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I meant. I, yeah. I figured if we're going to deal with the timeless child thing. Right. I, yeah, I mean, she had to come back to, at some yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. So there were times where she was saying, starting to say a sentence and 13 was finishing. And I'm like, okay, that's a cool effect. But that you're cutting off a great actress to delivering a good line. Uh, that I didn't think was necessary. So yeah, but um, I think that this is—I think that this is like just a scene-setting kind of thing. I think that Joe will definitely be back later in the season, almost definitely in the finale. And this is so. This isn't like the only contribution she's going to make to this story, no, right? So it's definitely you know there there will be more. So are we thinking now? And I'm thinking broad now, uh, but uh, are we thinking that? Chibnall's going to do what he's going to do, whatever it is, and it's probably going to tick off a lot of us. And then, yes. but at the end of his run, there's going to be someone that's going to be like reset. And then when Russell comes in, he's just going to like do whatever he wants. Discontent and fandom, never discontent and fandom. Is that is that what we're thinking, or is or are these these things that we're going to learn? Are they going to have long term right. ramifications? No, oh, I seriously no. doubt it. I I think they are going to go away as soon as RTD comes on board. You well, know, I mean, I'm, it, it's kind of hard to put that back in the box, isn't it? Oh, no, like, it's not. <laughs> it I, I'm torn on that because, you know, it, it could just be the typical, not really Hollywood, because this isn't Hollywood, but it's very similar. Uh, the very, sim, you know, Hollywood pa- uh, back padding that goes on like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're good friends. Because, you know, RTD right. has, has said a lot about Chibnall and them you know, being good friends, uh, you know, and, and they're really closely tied. Uh, right. and that he he approves of of a lot of the stuff that has happened so far with with under Chipnell's watch, um, and I don't know how much stock to put into that. But if if it is true, and he's just like, yeah, this is going to stand, then he may just okay, we're going to pick it up, we're going to set it over here. It happened, and we're going to continue forward with what I'm going to do. Well, and, and here's the other interesting thing about this is that we have this current six episode season. Uh, following that, next year are three standalone. Well, we we assume standalone specials. Mm-hmm. So, is this storyline actually going to wrap up with Chibnall's era, or is it going to wrap up with this season? And the three specials next year are going to be something completely different. Like, how much of this is going to continue into the specials next year? Yeah, I, I got know a this- feeling he's going to wrap it up here. I, I think so too. I do too, and I think you know the next three specials will just have you know the doctor hearing he will knock three times oh god <laughs> <laughs> the third great farewell tour exactly bad wolf everywhere right yeah the third the third of those bad three, wolf the, the, the third of those three specials is the one that coincides with the bbc's 100th anniversary mm-hmm. so it's supposed to be a big epic you know, whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how much of this is laying ground for whatever Chibnall is planning for that. 
That's a good question. I think though, we, we, we talked also before this season started about how like the timeless childhood possibilities about how the renegade doctor might just be not what she says she is or, uh, you know, something that the master cooked up or whatever. I think it's clear in this episode that that is not the case. That is no. Definitely she the doctor. Is, yeah, she's well, definitely well, at the least doctor. not in Chibnall's view, but that is a way that RTD can you know, <laughs> sure. it. Yeah, yeah. There's always a way. But Chibnall has said in interviews uh, as far back as, you know, when last season was broadcast that she is the doctor proper. She's not alternate facts. She's not, you know, parallel universe. She is the doctor. So how that plays out in the storyline, we don't know yet. And that was my that was my one of my big favorite things about this episode because I I, I like the timeless child. I like that idea. I am a minority in fandom. I understand this, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, getting getting some more of those clues about that in this episode, seeing seeing Joe Martin's uh, fugitive doctor, you know, doing what a fugitive doctor does, you know, and and being able to be put into that scenario, I was I was loving that, and and I, mm-hmm. I sympathize. With you know, with the thirteenth doctors, no. Let me go back one more time. I I need to know, and not getting that. That's some yeah. great character drama. I agree with you. I think that uh, that was Jody's absolute strength in this episode. Were those scenes where she was so desperate? I'm so close to having an answer. That mm-hmm. was uh, that was wonderful. I absolutely loved it. She has been amazing this season. I think it's her best performance of any of the seasons that she's been the doctor. And I think we're, and one thing that I will give Chris credit to is that we're seeing a different side of her. We're seeing a different side of this doctor, a mm-hmm. darker side, a more obsessed side. Um, uh, you know, the fact that she snaps at, at yeah, saying, I don't have to explain everything to you. Like yeah. uh, these things like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, that's the doctor. Like that, like right. I've been waiting for moments like that because I, you know, because almost every doctor as pleasant as they have been, have, have that side to them. And oh, I don't think I've so. really seen enough of it. This, uh, that's during true. Run. And we did see some of that in the, in the finale of the first season where she and Graham are at odds. Mm-hmm. And and I thought, I mean, I didn't like that episode the least bit, but I thought that <laughs> that was really good. I thought that that was really well played. Yes. Uh, on the other hand, I, I had high hopes in, in episode one, chapter one of this whole thing about, oh, they're going to give Yaz a lot more meat to deal with. <laughs> She's so wasted in this Ah, in this episode, this episode yeah. she was, yes. Well, it's completely frustrating. <laughs> both, both those, the segments where with Bishop and Yaz are just filler. They just yes. like filler or they just standing around uh, while the doctor info dumps on them. Well, the one Which thing was, with, with the ass seg- segments is that was starting to introduce the weeping angels into the storyline. Yeah. Well, really clumsily. Yeah. Yes. Very clumsily. <laughs> There's a lot of clumsy. It's just clumsy writing here. It's like, first of all, there's a lot of telling, not showing. Yeah, You know, there's a lot of exposition. I mean, I realize you have to explain some things, but there's a lot of that, especially in those segments. I think they only exist for her to info dump, which is not good storytelling. Right. And, especially when the and, info that she's giving us is just nonsense. Yeah. Like yeah a lot of it is. About, all this stuff about a planet called time and these people like they, time can be controlled. It must be controlled. And, and, and all this. Th- it's just like this is meaningless to me. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's my thing is that, you know, the planet time and the Mori and, you know, all this stuff is like, you know, you've, you've introduced so many things now that I just, I, I'm just not even caring. And I know? don't even want to get started on passenger. That was, right. just, that was, yeah. that was right. ridiculous. Right. Well, also, and the effect, <laughs> the effect of the doctor where she's in front of the three giant Mori. <laughs> Yeah, that kept was... going back to. <laughs> I mean, that was laughable. That was like John Nathan Turner level of. I was just going to say that it, it wasn't quite as bad as Colin Baker in Time Lash, but it was close. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what I was just about to say. Was it was a Time Lash thing, right? Yeah, there. totally. Oh, either that or around. a really bad heavy metal video from the eighties. <laughs> that too. Yeah, that too. I, I the one thing that I think. To, for me, that will redeem this whole thing is that we've we got talked about time storms so much this episode. If Ace doesn't show up at some point, 
I'm going to be upset. <laughs> well, especially Sometime with them. Storm has got to blow Ace into this thing. Oh, and exactly. I will be on board. So you wanted Nitro 9, huh? <laughs> you know. Exactly. You see, and uh, we had a mention of Nitro 9. So we have to, I mean, clearly mm. Ace has to be in this. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> if I were writing it, that's what would happen. I'm on I, board. Wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on it. <laughs> well, neither would I, but I'm still on <laughs> I, I like the idea, but I wouldn't put money on it. No, I'm, well, I'm not really. So. <laughs> there you go. So it was interesting. And what did you think of, you know, I'm glad we got a little bit of uh, Vinder's backstory, though, in this. I think out of the flashbacks, I think yeah. that was the w- most worthwhile. Oh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, his his segment was good, and he was really good. The actor yes. was really good. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Bell and Vinder's segments were really good. There's been yeah, a really strong I, strong thread throughout this of you know of looking at Vendor since we in, were introduced to him, you know the, the conflict he's got and he's he's very uh, sullen and 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 kind of broody and you're like okay what's going on with him? This was great to see you know okay this is what it was happening to him. Yeah, right, it, we it got the answers. Very, it was a very meaty subplot, whereas um, you know when you get into Yaz's timeline, she's like playing a video game with her sister, mm. and drinking she's sitting in a police her, car. It, yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. really, really, you can't have anything more significant than that. No, <laughs> and it was interesting because that answered some of the questions we were from the very first episode on. We were asking about Vinder, you know, because yeah. we thought he might have been a prisoner on the Rose Space Station. Well, kind of was, yeah, kinda well, was. exactly, right. and that's what the answer we got, and. You know, he was doing the right thing, and he got burnt for it. And, and so far, we've not really talked about Dan. Who? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. His his flashback story did did a good thing in, in I think in, in reestablishing that there's uh, what is her name the the Diane. woman. Diana, Diana, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I can't remember the characters' names. It's just so meaningful. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> establishing Diane again, like okay, you know they they have a connection. Great, we've we've seen that little thread kind of bounce throughout, but the rest of it was just like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> why, well, why is, you know. Yeah. So this explains why she was kidnapped by Azure, mm-hmm. and you know, in the first episode, it was just like doesn't didn't make sense then. Still doesn't make sense, you know. Yeah, like what's important now, you know. I mean, we we see him get, uh, you know, dog napped right by in the in the first in the first, and he's like, "What's so special about me?" And he's like, "Nothing." You know, the answer is he's nothing. He's just that's who he's assigned to. But now we seem to find out that there must be something special with him because why on earth would Swarm and Azor be singling him out specifically? Um, that just. Mm. Uh, yeah, so there must be something about Dan. Yeah, and I'm, I'm wondering if it has something to do with with the um, the folks we saw. It was Antarctica, I think, is the very first one. There's a couple throwaway characters, and like uh, they knew something was happening. Oh, we were waiting for this exact moment, and then they they get destroyed or whatever. And I, I was watching it with with uh, with Mike Faber, you know, this episode. I looked at him like, there's something with those characters. Dan is so mysterious as well. I wonder if it's linked somehow with that. Yeah, you know, yes. there's not a lot of information about him. He yeah. said some weird off the wall things, but yeah. That, oh, yeah. that it's a TARDIS, you know. Oh, I've yeah. seen bigger, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but was that him? Just, just a, that was that him just, just being like a, bragging, you know, right? That, it just seemed yeah. like a oh well, you know, this is how I cope with situations. But it, the funny thing is that what this keeps making me think of is the and this is going to sound odd, but the new ABBA album. Because it has a track on it called Keep an Eye on Dan. <laughs> see? See? So I keep So Abba's going to be in the final we, episode we of the find season. Out the villains have been Abba all they're, along. They're probably the Mori. Yeah. The, the, the flux is so insidious. It's, it's everywhere. <laughs> right, exactly. See, they're trying to send an SOS out. That's so okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, we got to take a chance on this them is, somehow. This is going downhill fast. <laughs> well, did know. not did not expect that to happen. I mean, in this review. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I still I say this is half a good episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, half, half of it half of it's pretty intriguing and half of it's filler and it's just like it just feels like the middle of the middle miniseries mm-hmm. where he's trying to mm-hmm. very clumsily move from the first half to the second half. I like the cliffhanger. Cliffhanger was awesome. 
Uh, actually, yeah. he's been pretty good with the cliffhangers this this yeah. season. Yeah, you know, it's, the, no, it, it's no Sylvester McCoy with his umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it never is, Michael. It never is. <laughs> the JNT era is really taking some heat in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. I did like, you know, the angel coming out of the cell phone because any image of a angel is an angel. And love that. And now it has control of the TARDIS. <gasps> the and angels I, have the TARDIS. And but, I am. But like, I am if in, they all look at him, then right. he can't. It doesn't matter if he has control over because he was not going to do it. Yeah, he can't move. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what's intriguing to me too is you know the angels have been there. You know, episode one, now episode three. There, there's something that they're doing in the background. Yeah. And it was the, the battle lines are pretty clearly drawn. You know, like okay, the Daleks, we got the the Sontarans, we got the Cybermen. They're all doing their thing, fighting over what's left of post flux universe. And what are the angels up to? Why, mm-hmm. why, why do they need the TARDIS? You know, why are they just kind of skulking around? Okay, so here's so the the angels do the thing where they like send you back in time and feed on your potential energy or whatever. Right. So what if they are the good guys in this and they are finding people to send into the past to fix the stuff before it happens? I, I, you know what? I'm not opposed to that idea. I've had similar thoughts to that. Like maybe they're, you know, when I saw one controlling the TARDIS, I'm like, maybe, maybe they're actually trying to do something good. I mean, we, uh, you know, whatever, because I think they're the one that are, um, they're in Claire's storyline, right? Right. Yes. Uh, right. So, and I know we're going to get a little bit more of that next, mm-hmm. next week, but, mm-hmm. um, um, so yeah, maybe they specifically sent her back for a reason. Um, and maybe she'll end up being the doctor's nanny. Who knows? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Once Bell and Vendor have their kid, <laughs> exactly, that turns out to be the doctor. Then, we will you know, call I mean, him John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's a very uh, a very feasible idea there because I mean, the the Daleks just want to make everything the same. The mm-hmm. whole goal is destroy anything that's not them. The Cybermen want to also do essentially the same by assimilating everyone. Yep. The Sontarans just want to win everything. The angels are virtually indestructible but they, they must realize that if the universe ends, they have nothing to feed on. Ergo, they die. They starve to death. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good I mean, angle. I hadn't thought about that. They basically huh. just want to save their livestock. This is why we have a rocket scientist <laughs> on the show. <laughs> Interesting. No, it's that's not a bad theory. That is not a bad theory, and it would be a nice little twist too. Yeah, right. Um, so the other thing that I'm thinking of, I don't, I don't know when the next episode is. Is clearly a historical one. I don't know when it's supposed to be taking place, but when are we going to find out more about these stupid tunnels from the first episode? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, he just sort of he shows up and wanders through every once in a yeah. while. He's he's been in every episode so far. Yeah, you know Joseph Williamson, and, and he seems to know what's going on um, uh, to an extent. But um, yeah, because he d- he did save Dan's life in this one. Yeah, that's Jim. Yeah, from those little swarmy things. Yeah. So, hmm. what was was he? Was he actually at the tunnel, or was that just a, a you know that time stream figment thing? Where that's kind of what I was wondering. Yeah, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Because it, <laughs> it, yeah, I, I thought it was. You know, I thought it was kind of weird that it popped up. And I was like, okay, maybe this is where a sidetrack where the doctor just kind of figured out a way to to shove him in there to keep him safe. Yeah, but then the doctor going through her own time stream was shunted off to this weird place with the lady who's, you know, got all the answers and says nothing. Um, <laughs> she you know, knows so, it all. That's a typical, <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering, you know, maybe, maybe this is part of his real past or, or I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, we won't know until episode six. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, and, and even and maybe then, even right? then. <laughs> in typical Chibnall fashion. <laughs> Go figure. Maybe. Go figure. But yeah, it was interesting to see, you know, I I liked how they, you know, kept on phasing the fugitive doctor more and more into the story in this one. I thought that was really well done. That was probably one of my favorite parts other than the angels in this. You know, I mean, the re- it's the only thing that really made me perk up. 
Yeah. You know, it was oh, the only yeah. thing that I, I thought, oh my God, something interesting. <laughs> and well, I also, it. yeah, that for me, it was that and also vendors. Story. True. I, I really did enjoy vendors. Uh, the, the, the look we got into his past. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that a lot. Mm-hmm. He made yeah. him more sympathetic. Although he made him- that felt like a big finish story to me. I felt like I was listening to a big finish story. I was like, going, is this like, yeah, this okay. All right. Well, all right. go, you go, Chris, you do you. Mm-hmm. But I, I did, you know, I was compelled. I, I, and I, like I said, I like bell a lot. The scenes where she's in, um, you know, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, her taking on the Cybermen, I thought was pretty cool. Well done. And uh, I, I dug her. The, even like the the fact that she can talk to her and her child with a little, you know, her little Tamagotchi thing, thing. Little, yeah. like uh, yeah, her little video <laughs> app or whatever. I thought mm-hmm. that was uh, pretty cool, pretty fun. I, you know, I, I, I like that too. But I thought it it looked too similar to Smile, the second Bill episode, mm-hmm. where they had the little emoji. And I was like, I mean, that's cute, but we've seen that before. I'm, I'm just so critical. I, I really. <laughs> wow, Alan. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm rarely like this. Yeah. Um, I, I really wanted to have the opportunity to watch the episode a second time before we recorded tonight because I wanted to know if I saw it a second time, if I would. <clears throat> sorry. If I saw it a second time, if I would grab hold of it more and I didn't get the opportunity to do so, sadly. So. Maybe maybe you'll graciously have me on later in the season to see if my opinion has has been altered by further revelations down the line. Well, that's what we're going to do pretty much anyway. We're going to come back to everybody who's been on the show. Oh, sweet, sweet. sweet. And they're going to give a final rating for the whole season awesome. instead of rating just an episode. Sure. And cool. it, we'll say this is the first episode of the season that I didn't feel compelled to watch again. I st- I might change my mind and do watch it again before yeah. the fourth episode airs. But as of right now, I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things the woman said was that the doctor caused the flux. Yes. Yeah. It's and all her fault. It's all her fault. It's always that well, my, when my, my sister said, oh, great. It's always the doctor's fault. <laughs> <laughs> great doctor. What did you do this time? You know. Well, well, or yet to do. I don't. I don't think that it's not. And she didn't say the doctor created the flux. She said right. the, the flux was deliberately created and placed, and it is the doctor's fault that it exists. So, right. theoretically, it could be something that's against the doctor because of what the doctor has done. Yeah. Um, and that's why the flux is created. Right. It's not saying that I don't think she created it or any. No, no. I think no, it was no. created to use against her as the implication yeah, I got. You remember the days when the doctor was just this character who kind of ambled around through <laughs> the universe and just had random adventures and then later on became this figure that was so massively important that the entire universe knows who it is and, and does things to plot against uh yeah that's another thing that i'm kind of doctor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right the, the question that she'll yeah. never be yeah i mean it made me think of the pandorica because that was basically yeah. the same storyline yeah, right you know? right yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah but i do think mike something that you pointed out um mm-hmm. last week and that uh i didn't know if there was a lot of evidence to it but now that i see like because i got the feeling that whatever did create the flux was not is not swarm. No, not at all. Yeah. So, so we are looking at uh, a, another big bat. Uh, swarm oh, yeah. and Azure are there to create some sort of havoc. And and uh, um, just on a side note, I wish they had made like had, they hadn't changed Swarm's look so radically when he was in the past because I had a hard time placing that it was the same guy. Like, but we, uh, we saw that look in the first episode. Though. We did. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, he's yeah. sort of transformed. So, so into okay, the new did form. right? Did he, he regenerate? Is he yeah. time lordish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, yeah. yeah. What's going on? There? I don't. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, but yeah, I think Mike, to your point, there might be something else as well going on. Oh, um, when, when she said that, and you know about you know, oh, swarm is the perfect chaos, and. You know, and the, about the flock, it was like I did a fist pump. I said, "I knew it." So, uh, re- remind yeah. me here: have we ever answered the question as to what 
the fugitive doctor is a fugitive from like what, what <laughs> she did. Well, because now, now my brain I, is starting to wonder if, if this is the she, reason she's a fugitive. Cause this was like the last, they, they said it's the last thing she has to do before her contract or whatever with the, the division was up. You know, if, if I remember that correctly. Hmm. And so I'm wondering if, if, if she's going to be somehow linked into creating this force of chaos in order to get back at, you know, this evil division thing, or I don't know, this is another off the wall idea, but mm, yeah. <clears throat> that would be weird. If the fugitive doctor ends up being the big bad, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, that, I, that I don't think, she, Oh, she's, cool. she's the Valyard. That's it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say the V word, but <laughs> you thought it though. <laughs> So, yeah, the yeah. image of a Valyard is, is still the Valyard? No way. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I don't know if uh, if the uh, – is it the, the June, right? The June? I don't think uh, – I mean, I think they must have posted a list of their her offenses somewhere. So maybe that's on record somewhere, but I don't think they went over it in that episode. Right. right. No, I don't think so. No. It, I'd be very curious to see, you know, what comes out of this. And I – I don't partly I didn't think Chibnall knew where he was going at this point. I you know he's like, okay. Oh, he does. He no. does. Oh, I, yeah, I think he knew. He knows where he's going. He doesn't he and might I not just take, hope it's someplace good. He doesn't take the he doesn't always take the best road to get there. Um, you know, sometimes he goes the long way. And sometimes he goes like the windy way that doesn't make any sense way. Uh, but you know, I, he's definitely steering the ship in some direction. I could tell. And we'll find it all out in the fi- last 15 minutes of the episode six. Maybe <laughs> who knows? Uh, It'll be rushed to the credits and oh, wait, we're done. <laughs> and we'll be like, what? Yeah. What? 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 It was interesting though. This episode was a little bit shorter than the other two episodes too. Was it? Cause it seemed to go on forever. same thing Alex (laughs) no the other two episodes were 59 minutes and this one was only 50 minutes ah wow Mm. yes okay so I found it very very interesting and I did take uh, Mike Faulkner's advice and watch this on streaming instead of and you know there's so less no commercials which is wonderful and and the the audio The audio is so much more even, too. Yeah, mm, yeah good point. Well, the audio was terrible on the BBC America. Yeah, we did t- learn how to turn on the uh, closed captioning on the uh, <laughs> on the AMC Plus app, so it's good. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, um, I'll still give this one a thumbs up for this episode. You know, I think the last 30 minutes made it for me. And so I don't give half cocked, you know, thumbs. So I, I'll give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I was going to give it a thumb sideways. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I would say too. Like this. Yeah. Uh, yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it went from up, up to sideways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now we'll see if Chris. You know, you can go either way, Chris. A little forty-five degree <laughs> angle thing going on. No, I'm still, I'm still giving it a thumbs up. I still liked it. It was interesting how in the flashback, I, we didn't even mention this, that the doctor's companions, when it was the fugitive doctor, was her crew that she was with now, but it was actually, you know, a very familiar face was with her, you know, who was Dan. And I don't know if you guys caught that. What? That he, that he was the uh, Cravenista? Yeah. Yeah. And that was really interesting. You know, so they've been around a lot longer in Doctor Who lore there. So, well, new, new old lore. So it was just interesting. And it, I'm curious to see who the other two were. So, yeah, we point. didn't get uh, we didn't get that. I, I kind of thought maybe one of them was the one that that we saw at the be- at the first episode. The member of division that sh- that was retiring and, you know. It could have been. I thought one. I thought one of yeah. them might have been that, but they didn't flash or do anything to show that it was. It was, person, it was her. So. Yeah, yeah. But so. it was. I am. You know. Overall, you know, I'm curious and I'm actually excited about Doctor Who again, which is nice. I'm actually looking forward to seeing new Doctor Who each week, and because I'm just curious to see where Chris is going with the storyline, and I don't want to hit to you know. Burn his effigy at the end of the season. So. 
So. You have to have a party and burn the straw, Chris Chibnall. <laughs> exactly. So it'll be very interesting. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? I think uh, I think that like the big the big drawdown on this one was just the Yaz and Dan, especially the Yaz storyline. Like you've had this character on the show for you know two seasons plus what we've got now. I really hope that the rest of this season does something to to actually use her <laughs> as a legitimate full fledged character and not just being there and being a punching bag. Apparently for this this series, uh, I would she really like to so well in the first two episodes. Yeah. I know, yeah. uh, so, so much promise. Yep, and, and, and I thought that the part that she played in Vendor's plotline, she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's just when you come to her own timeline, there's nothing there. Right. Mm-hmm. It just shows how uninteresting of a character she actually is, which kind of sucks because they've done her right this season until this episode. Yeah. So, suckage. <laughs> so, well, we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. What did you guys think of this one? Are we off base? Did you guys enjoy it or not so much? Please let us know, you know, write us feedback at our station who.com. Definitely would love to hear from you guys. You know, of course, let's thank our guests for being here. Alan, thank you as always for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly enjoyed it. Well, I hope glad you enjoyed it more than this episode. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I found you all interesting and engaging. <laughs> Unlike what I saw this week. So where can people find you? <laughs> Uh, cosmicpress.com, K-O-Z-M-I-C press.com. And my uh, YouTube music show, Modern Musicology. That is awesome. Oh, and how about also on uh, Earth Station Trek? I was waiting for that. I am so remiss. Um, the, the Star Trek podcast that I do on a weekly basis with mm-hmm. uh, three other co-hosts. Yeah, and we even have new Star Trek coming this starting this week. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Yep. So, so excited. I'm going to be very curious to see on that one. So thank you, of course. And, of course, Mr. Michael Faulkner. Hey, thanks for having me once again. Um, if, if people want to to take a look at what I'm doing, it's actually a coincidence that uh, a happy coincidence that we were talking about the uh, you know the ultimate question, the Doctor Who, uh, because the Timestamps Project is actually wrapping up series six uh, with uh, Matt Smith. Uh, so you can find that and and so much more, especially going back to 2014, where I started doing this this weird trek through Doctor Who one episode at a time uh, on my website, Creative Criticality. It's creativecriticality.net. You can also find it on the ESO website, and that's published every Wednesday. Yay, and it's an honor to have you up there, sir. Well, thank you. So, and of course, let's thank our regulars. Ms. Mary Ogle, thank you so, so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. And I'd like to take an opportunity. I'd like to dedicate this particular podcast episode to my mom who passed away on Thursday and who was, who adored Dr. Who. It was her, one of her absolute favorite programs. She was a big science fiction and fantasy fan. And um, she's definitely one of the reasons why I love Doctor Who so much and all things science fiction and fantasy. So thank you, Mom, for that and for everything. And I just wanted to dedicate this to her. That's wonderful. That's that so wonderful. sweet. Absolutely. And we are so, so sorry for your loss. And, yeah. You know, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to talk about your artwork or you want to skip it this week? Oh, you can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. And Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one. We have. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to, well, we don't do shout outs here. What am I saying? So (laughs) (laughs) that's that other show. As we said earlier in this episode, you know, join us on Earth Station One this week where we do our annual holiday gift guide. And you could be find that out. That'll this up. That episode will be out already by the time this goes live. So definitely check it out. We got some great, great gifts. And you never know. We might all be living in virtual reality by the time, you know, Doctor Who becomes good again. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Wow. <laughs> so, hey, that could be our virtual program on there. Finding the true Doctor Who. So it should be kind of cool. Uh, join us again next week when we are doing Village of the Angels. 
should be a lot of fun to be creeped out by statues again. So hopefully everyone will enjoy it. And until then, my name is Mike Faber. We will see you here next time on Earth Station Who. Be safe, hug your loved ones, and please get vaccinated, folks. Please, please, please. Take it easy, and we'll see you next time on the TARDIS. Cheers. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.